0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Melinda and I are having a bit of a chat today and giving some tips on um, some ways that we help select property um, in the current market conditions.
0: Yes, look, we are in very different conditions and um, I welcome you back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast today. Um, When we look at the last 12 months, we've seen 10 consecutive interest rate rises occur throughout Australia. Um, That's changed the game for a lot of property investors. So today, this is going to be an information-packed podcast. It's going to teach you some of the investment fundamentals and we are going to get down to a suburb level in Brisbane to help you understand areas where we believe are going to be at-risk locations and even areas where we believe are going to be much safer locations in terms of investing in a higher interest rate environment. The game has definitely changed, Scott, and um, you know, for a lot of investors that have only ever experienced interest rates declining, um, this episode is going to be absolutely invaluable in helping them understand the new market conditions.
1: Now, we've got a lot of lot of data and a lot of information. Before we start off, I do want to thank Pauline um, in our team from putting all this information together for us. Um, Pauline does a lot of work behind the scenes, so thank you very much. And it's interesting when we look at a lot of this, and when you talk to people about what they look at or what they look for when they um, when they start looking at property and. You know, we're from the people that just do uh, realestate.com and look at those nice, pretty touched up pictures on realestate.com right through to what we sort of help our clients with and some of those things like, uh, you know, avoiding flood and and, and those types of things. Um, But looking really deep down in that data information that we've got here now to go through, um, it's quite amazing the information that you can actually get and how you can help people understand what we look for. And that's from things like looking at who lives in the area what what they can afford um what things are costing the talk of this mortgage cliff which i think has been around since um we can since COVID started i think that the, the words mortgage cliff came in and everyone was talking about those things so this information will help understand that and i think it's uh it's really really valuable for people to, to understand
0: yeah look i think also uh because I am a qualified property investment advisor and not just a buyer's agent. I'm very, very passionate about ensuring that investors that partner with our team understand the fundamentals around investing. And we only ever recommend property investing in a low risk environment. Now, regardless of what is happening with interest rates, there there is a way to minimize your risk and exposure um, as a property investor. And that's something that we're very passionate about educating our clients with when we are partnering with them. Um, I think that there's been so much noise in the property investment space over the last 10 years. There's been a lot of people come into the um, area, you know, off the back of a booming market post COVID. We saw a lot of people um, helping others to invest in property, but the fundamentals, Um, in terms of suburb selection or location selection, in my opinion, have not always been um, accurately understood. And and that's why we wanted to bring this episode um, forward and and help buyers understand some of the things that they absolutely must be considering. You know, I'm a part of investment forums. Um, I regularly contribute to uh, the property chat forum um, because one thing that is an absolute uh, alarming for me is that you know, some investors will try to seek advice from Facebook groups or investment forums where they'll simply ask the question, hey, I've got $800,000 to spend in Brisbane, which suburbs should I look at? Um, and then the advice that they get back is, hey, here's a list of suburbs where that budget will buy a house in in Greater Brisbane. That's a hugely um, at risk strategy, in my opinion, because without understanding some of the information we're going to go through today about those suburbs, it just exposes an investor to risk. When you are selecting property, there must be a goal and there must be a strategy to minimize your risk and exposure. And um, and hopefully what we're going to share with you today adds enormous value and really helps you to understand just how granular you must get um, and some of the information that you must consider when you are selecting investment grade locations. Because at the end of the day, right now um in 2023 uh you may only need one or two very good quality assets to reach your wealth creation goals um there's a lot of people that talk about having 10 20 or 30 properties in a portfolio um you know i for myself would much rather uh one two or three quality properties that we know will outperform the market rather than having a high volume of properties that just simply don't perform or put us into a high risk situation so Huge amount of information we're going to go through today and I hope you get a lot of value.
1: Yeah, it is. I can't sort of back that up so enough what Melinda's talking about. Investing in property, it can make you or break you. I mean, it, it, your first investment is is absolutely critical. If that goes right, obviously it helps you, you stepping stones to what you want to do next. Um, some people will balk at that and, and stop after the first one if it's not a good one and say, oh, no, I didn't like it or it didn't work well for me. Um, so you want to make sure that, that first one is very, very important and, and as you have sort of touched on there, you go out with a brief, you understand where you want to buy, why you want to buy and, and know the purpose of that, not just oh, I've got this amount to spend and that's what I can afford. So here's a property at that that amount of value and, and this is what it's going to cost and you go and buy it. Because if there's no strategy behind it and there's no purpose behind it, um, you're just sort of throwing a dart really, you're gambling basically. So The information that you've got here, um, and and we'll run through some of that now um, to help people understand some of the the things and uh, some tips that we sort of look for when we start to analyse and look through property.
0: Yeah, get your pens out and get um, a notepad ready because we're going to add enormous value in this episode. Now, just for complete transparency, this information has been taken from the australian bureau of statistics census data that was completed in 2021 so already some of this information is a couple of years old and we're going to be able to adjust for some of the information that i share with you and um, i'll make a note of when there have been adjustments made but the first thing that um, any property investor should be looking at at a suburb level is the proportion of people um, that own their property outright Now, you know, we can look at the number of owner occupiers in an area, but what we want to understand at a more granular level is how many of those owner occupiers have no mortgage. Now you've got to understand that in an environment where we've got much higher interest rates, there's going to be suburbs that are much more exposed based on a much higher level or proportion of mortgage debt versus other suburbs, where the proportion of people that live in that location, um, a lot of them might own their home outright. So we've taken um, this data and um, we're not ranking, Uh, this is reserved for our clients, but we're going to just give an example of some of the areas where you know, we've got owner-occupier levels that own their own home outright at a very high level and some other areas where, where that proportion is very low.
1: So, you've, Melinda's got all the information here. I'll just give you a bit of an idea as well. When we're talking about owned outright, uh, in Australia, we're, we're talking about 31%. Um, in Queensland, which we've broken down that a little bit less, um, is 29.1%. Melinda's got more information and obviously when she said get your pens out um, here, here's some ideas of some properties then and don't forget we're talking around that 31 to 29 percent um, Australia and Queensland wide
0: so that is the proportion um, or that the average number of people that own their homes outright across Australia and across Queensland now when we look at at-risk locations or locations where there's a, a much Higher number of property owners at the suburb level that still have a mortgage. Um, we've got locations, and I'm just going to read out a couple um, for no apparent reason other than they've been selected because they're very low in terms of the number of homes that are that are owned outright. Pimpama Palmer uh, between Brisbane and the yep. Gold Coast. Um, only 9.8% of all owners um, or all property buyers in that location own their property outright. So. Um, that leaves an enormous portion of that suburb that have debt associated with their asset. Red Bank Plains, um, you've got 10.7% of all property owners in that location um, who own their property outright. Again, again, enormous exposure for those that actually have debt against their property. Um, And another area that um, has been selected for no other reason other than a very low proportion of um, properties owned outright is Ripley at 11.5%. So one thing that these locations all have in common is that they're all fairly newly established locations, um, newly built out suburbs, um, and therefore potentially a lot of first home buyers or property investors have bought into these locations. Um, you know, and therefore they, they also carry a much higher level of debt.
1: And then, and then if we move into some probably more established areas, um, you've got Aspley, just on, on the north of Brisbane, sitting at 36.4%. Um, you come to Carindale, um, out towards the east, out towards the down, heading out towards the Bay Area, 45.5%. Chelmer uh, to the west, 38.4%. Fernie Grove, um, 37.5%. And Wishart, 36.3%.
0: So these areas that Scott's just been through, much safer locations because there's a much higher proportion of property owners that have no mortgage. So when we talk about this um, mortgage cliff that has been reported a lot in the media, um, these sorts of locations are much less exposed because there's just fewer people in those locations that even have a mortgage. So, you know, it's less likely that they're going to have um, the or, or they're, they're going to be in a situation where they've overextended. So a much safer location, certainly very unlikely to see um, high levels of forced selling because of a high volume of people that have overextended.
1: Now, as we go through these, we might just cross over with some of the suburbs mentioned, as Melinda said, that we're just randomly picking certain areas. Um, some of them we might cross over and we might mention it a couple of times. Um, some of them might come in, come in new. So. Of these properties then, percentage rented. So when you're looking at the properties that are rented, again, Australia-wide, 30.6%. And then break that down to Queensland, 33.1%.
0: So the reason that um, looking at the percentage of properties in a suburb that are rented, the reason that becomes relevant is that in most cases, property investors will have leverage against that investment property. Um, so in most cases, they will hold a mortgage. So you can overlay the percentage of properties that are rented in a particular location with the percentage of properties that are owned outright. Um, so if you've got a very low percentage of properties owned outright and a very high percentage of properties that are rented. Um, those sorts of locations can be at risk simply if the landlord or the investor doesn't have the capacity to continue to repay their mortgage, um, especially if they have overextended. Um, there's other things to overlay with that, um, including rental price growth, um, which we will get to as part of this episode as well. But when we look at um, some of the properties that you know have a much higher proportion of their population that um, are owned or, or the properties are owned by property investors as opposed to owner occupiers remember at a statewide level in brisbane uh, sorry in queensland 33.1 percent of property owners are investors um, there are some suburbs that that proportion is much higher so for example caboolture we've got 42.2 percent of that suburb are property investors and only the balance owner occupiers we've got eagle 45.3 percent of the suburb are property investors Field, 43.9%. Some bigger numbers now in Pimpama, again, um, 56.9%. And then Red Bank Plains at 57.8%. So more than 50% of the people that own properties in that location are um, property investors. So much higher proportion of that suburb are renting. And, And, you know, there's other elements that come into play there because when your rental property becomes available for rent, Um, you are competing with a lot of other properties that might become available for rent at the same time. So if you look at those supply and demand metrics, um, when rental markets are not as tight as they are right now, you've actually got more supply um, for, you know, the same volume of demand. So that can put downward pressure on prices if more supply was to come in a nearby location. So again, it does bring an element of risk into your investment portfolio.
1: Run through some more suburbs. I mean, some people might know these. Camp Hill, uh, 28%. So don't forget that 30, 33%, which we talked about. Um, Carindale, 14.8%. And then Chelmer, 16.1%. And if we go out to uh, Tarragindi on the south side, 20.3%.
0: So these are areas where there's a much higher proportion of property owners that are owner-occupiers. in that that suburb, as opposed to investors that have invested in that suburb. And these are metrics that we definitely should be looking at when we're selecting a location to invest, because um, these need to be overlaid with all of the other location selection criteria that you'd typically be using um, to determine whether a suburb is actually worth your investment dollar or not.
1: So if we go then, once we've looked at what people have owned, obviously um, owned outright, as we talked about, and what people rent, it's then the affordability side of it so we start to look at things like um, how much people earn then so people earning less than 650 dollars per week and also then earning more than 650 dollars per week to understand that household income side of things for affordability
0: so we can look at this um, census data which was collected back in 2021 admittedly there may have been you know some minor shifts in Earning capacity since then, although we haven't seen the same level of wages price growth um, as we have seen in in mortgage cost increases due to those rising interest rates that said. um, Australia wide when we look at the proportion of uh, people that earn less than $650 per week it's only about 16.5% and. Same in Queensland, 16.4%, so very little difference at the Australia-wide statistical level versus the Queensland level. However, when we look at a suburb level, we can certainly see some locations where there's a much higher proportion of lower income earners. And Scott, what is alarming to me is that some of these locations I'm about to run through um they're coming up as a red flag suburb on a number of metrics for me and yet they're suburbs that i often see promoted and spruced as great investment hotspots. so this is where i think that um it's absolutely critical to get expert advice so that you do know everything about the location that you are investing in. So yeah,
1: I, I, I do hear a lot of I mean, we do as we talk about we hear a lot of people talk about it. And maybe it's people that aren't local uh, and don't know the area as, as well as we do. Um, but when you see some of the numbers and, and when you really think about it, I know that you talk about the data and the stats and all that information. But basically, if you break it down to people that are earning less money and If they're not owning the property if the properties are rented obviously it has an impact so if you're an investor you want to make sure that those people can actually afford to keep renting that property your rents can keep moving along as they want if you want to increase rents stay with the market you want to make sure that you're actually investing in the right location that people can actually afford to pay that money so it's not just a short-term investment that here's a property now it's worth this much and you get that much rent it's long term and you want to make sure that you can keep getting that rent for that property and don't have all the headaches of of tenants moving out and changing tenants all the time and being able to get people in there as well. So understanding that household income and knowing those areas is critical.
0: So a couple of suburbs that have stood out to us as being, um, you know, they have a higher proportion of lower income earners um, as opposed to the statewide or the national um, proportion of um, people. So we've got Caboolture, there's 21.4% of that um suburb that are below that 650 and fifty dollar per week threshold so that's a much higher proportion compared to the state average we've got deception bay we've got eagleby um, we've got sandgate we've got scarborough and we've got waterford west all of these locations um, have a much higher proportion of lower income earners compared to the statewide average here in queensland and therefore i think it's important to understand how those locations will perform in the future because there's more and more buyers or sorry more and more tenants in that area that are already in mortgage I beg your pardon are already in rental distress that is they are spending more than 30 percent of their income on rental payments so there's definitely got to be a cap in terms of what they can pay into the future because of the um the incomes that they are earning
1: now just to remind people that the the national average there is is 16.5 queensland 16.4 and those areas that melinda mentioned are all ranging somewhere between the 20s to the 24 25 mark so considerably higher than, than what the um the average is as well if we look at then what people more than 650 dollars a week australia goes up to 24.3 percent And Queensland, 21.9%.
0: And again, here's a safe way to be looking at location selection, assessing the income, seeing what proportion of that population within a certain suburb are high income earners. Um, Because when we look at the state average of 21.9%, any areas that are significantly higher than that will actually mean people can afford to pay more on their mortgage as interest rates rise, they can also afford to pay more rent in the future as the demand and supply pressures play out. So we've got some safer suburbs, if you like, um, based on the um, amount of income or the proportion of income earners that earn more than $650 per week. Some of those are Ascot, very high income earning area with 37.7% earning more than $650 per week. We've got Barden as a very safe location, 55.4% of um, higher income earners. We've got Camp Hill at 51.6%. We've got Chelmer at 58.9%. Grange at 53.9%. Tarragindi again at 49.1%. Wavell Heights at 43.6% and Wilston at 49.9%. Please remember this is not an exhaustive list. We have just simply selected some of these locations just to talk through some of the information that you as an investor really need to be aware of. Um, This is the sort of suburb level information that we collect in house at Streamline Property Buyers for our clients to give them the best representation of what locations they need to be targeting for their investment strategy to ensure that they've got a low risk portfolio but also to ensure that they've con- they will continually get not only capital growth if the uh, broader economic conditions allow for that, but also rental price growth because of the current rental um, crisis. We know there's very low supply, but there's going to be an affordability cap for many of the locations. And in fact, we're already running into that and starting to see that um, in terms of just how far rental price growth can go in some areas based on affordability.
1: And, and some of those suburbs you just mentioned then, when you're talking, you know, from 21 up to 55, 58, you know, that that's over double um, the the average then for for Queensland as well. So, if we look then at, and obviously this is before interest rate rises, um, all of this information. So the rental side of things, and the rent, the weekly payments, more than 30% um, of their weekly payments. If you look at Australia, 32.2%, and Queensland. 32.3%.
0: Yeah, so that is the proportion of um, tenants in a particular location that are spending more than 30% of their take home income um, on their rental repayments. And that is an affordability threshold that is often talked about. So when we see, you know, we've had rising um, inflation, so the cost of living expenses have increased. We've also had um, huge rental price growth in some areas across uh, Brisbane. And and I've actually tracked that according to the last 12 months of SQM research data for these locations. So when we look at 32.3% being the Queensland um, average of tenants that are in mortgage distress or that were in mortgage distress, um, or they're paying more than 30% of their take-home income towards rental repayments back in 2021 when this census data was collected. There are some locations that were already um, proportionally higher. So for example, Caboolture, 39.8% back in 2021 of tenants in that location were already spending more than 30% of their take-home income on their rents over the last 12 months alone rental price increases have gone a further 13.6 percent in that location so these numbers are outdated and they do need to be adjusted for the huge increase that we've already seen in rental price growth over the last 12 months alone we've got deception bay as another location 39.6 percent of tenants here already or back in 2021 were paying 30 percent or more of their take-home income in rent um, and rents In the last 12 months alone in that location have increased 18.2% so there will be a much higher portion of that population that are now in rental distress. we've got eagle B at 38.9% of tenants in mortgage distress in 2021 uh, with a further 19.3% increase in rents over the last 12 months. We've got Moray Fields with 39.3% of tenants in mortgage distress in 2021, followed by 20.2% increase in rents just over the last 12 months alone. There's a couple of other suburbs that I'll mention. Sandgate, 40.2% of tenants already paying 30% or more of their take-home income in rent back in 2021, with 20.7% increase in rents since then and 41% of tenants in Scarborough paying more than 30% of their take-home income in rent um, in 2021, with 13.4% further increases that have been experienced since then. One other I'll just add, Waterford West, 38.8% of that suburb were paying more than 30% of their income in rents back in 2021, and we've seen 16.7% increase in rents just over the last 12 months. These figures are alarming uh, for some locations these figures indicate that you know there's potentially 40 to 50 percent of the population group in some of these locations that are really feeling it and they're not able to afford to pay more in rent and that's going to potentially put a cap on what the area as a whole um, can afford to pay we simply can't continue to charge more if people cannot afford to pay more and That's where I think we're going to see the biggest turnaround in the investor returns um, in the higher interest rate environment as we continue to um, push forward into 2023 and beyond.
1: Now, now that was all for rental side of things. So, that was the rental payments. Um, If we then move across towards the mortgage payment side of things, again, don't forget the interest rate rises that we've had. Um, But if you look at the mortgage um, repayments, if if we look to more than 30%, Their income goes towards mortgage repayments. In Australia, that's 14.5%, and in Queensland, it's 11.9%.
0: That's right. So, again, this data is from 2021, the census data. It's before the 10 consecutive interest rate rises that we've had um, up until just recently. So, if we've got 11.9%, or back in 2021, we had 11.9% of the Queensland population already paying more than 30% of their take-home income towards their mortgage repayments. There's some suburbs where that proportion is a lot higher. So for example, in Crestmead, uh, back in 2021, 14.3% of that population were actually already paying uh, more than 30% of their income towards mortgage repayments. We've got Eagle B coming up again, uh, 14.2% of that population were already uh, paying more than 30% of their income towards mortgage repayments. Jumps for areas like Polara, where back in 2021, there was already 18.7% of the demographic paying more than 30% of their take home income towards those mortgage repayments. So these are areas where we can see the impact that those rising interest rates will have had on affordability, that number would have spiked since then. And this is why understanding suburb level demographics and mortgage data and rental data becomes imperative for you as a property investor. We've got um, areas such as Pimpama, Um, 15.7% of that population um, were already in mortgage distress, defined by 30% or more of their take-home income being paid out in mortgage repayments. And one final suburb to mention there, Waterford West, where in 2021, 15.7% of that population were already in mortgage distress, defined as that 30%. Um, barrier. So really interesting information here and absolutely critical for everybody to understand that, you know, a rising interest rate environment does not impact everybody in the same way. And it's something that we have discussed a lot on this podcast. Brisbane's not one property market, Australia's not one property market, but, you know, I think we need to get more granular with understanding different parts of a city to understand where you can find pockets um, where there's much higher risk and where you can find pockets where there's much lower risk. This is the sort of data you need to rely upon. And this information is all freely available. It just takes a lot of time to collect it. But once you have put it all together, it helps you to make much more informed property investing decisions and much more low risk decisions about where to invest your investment dollar.
1: And especially when you overlay them. I mean that that's the interesting part. When you when you look at the the overlay for, for more than thirty percent of your, your your income is is spent on your repayments, and then you overlay that with the amount of percentage that's owned outright for a property. And when you when you're down to that nine, ten percent that's owned outright, but yet the amount is so much higher in your, your payments, it's not quite balancing. So I no. mean, people really need to do their homework. And, and as Melinda said, I I hope everyone had their pens and pen and paper out to take notes then. But look, if you didn't, obviously you need to reach out to Streamlined Property Buyers to have a chat so we can (laughs) help help you understand um, where is the right location. Because we do talk about this all the time. It's location selection that is critical when when you're buying property
0: absolutely um, and if your buyers agent is not giving you this granular information then i'd be asking them on what basis are they actually making the suburb recommendations for you we're very big advocates for ensuring professionalism in this industry and ensuring you as the consumer are protected and therefore um we're going to continue to unpack some of these value add episodes in our podcast to really help you understand what you need to be considering and if you're not considering this level or this type of information, whether you're investing on your own or whether you're partnering with a professional, then I'd be starting to ask questions to ensure that you have your or that, that they have your best interests at heart.
1: Yeah, avoid making mistakes and make sure you do all the work or get someone to help you that knows what they're talking about. So, look, I hope that was really really helpful. Um, there's a lot of information there, and, and you get a bit of an understanding of what we do here at Streamline Property Buyers behind the scenes to try and help our our clients avoid making mistakes and, and making the right investments when purchasing property. So. If obviously, if you need your help, reach out. Um, as usual, um, I will let Melinda wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be. In, we'll chat again next week. Thanks very much, and bye for now.
0: Yes, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and the little um, gold nuggets of information that we've shared about some locations, areas that potentially are at risk, and other areas that potentially are a little safer. If you would like help in selecting the best locations for yourself um, to ensure a low risk investment and to ensure you get results over the long term, please reach out to our team at Streamline Property Buyers. We are here to help and we're very happy to guide people through the process to help them understand what is or what makes an A grade or a high performing investment um, property. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to share the episode with friends and family. Leave us a review on iTunes if you get the chance. We really appreciate that. It does help others to find our podcast. Um, Until next week, we hope you have a good one. We will see you again then. Bye for now thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is generally nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us.